0: Welcome everybody to What's Your Story? It's February and here at Paychex we're celebrating Black History Month. Deborah, we're a little over the midway point through, through the month and we've taken to the Paychex newsroom, social media accounts and more to really give a microphone to our employees so they can share their thoughts, reflections, yep. their experiences um, related to black history in, in our country.
1: Yeah, it's it's been a really uh, a really informative and and inspirational couple weeks, and we have a very special treat for our listeners today in that they get to listen to someone other than us. <laughs> so we have a very special episode of What's Your Story, and in all seriousness, we have got the perfect perfect guest hosts and guests lined up for this episode to help us continue the the really important discussion that we're all having around not only Black History but equity and representation as well.
0: So on this episode. You're going to hear from our Paychex Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Manager, Dr. Thiele Thatch, um, and she's going to be speaking with our Vice President of Service, Ted Jordan. So sit back, relax,
2: and enjoy the conversation.
3: Hi, Ted. Nice to finally meet you face-to-face.
2: Yeah, I think I think we've interacted over the phone before, but it definitely is good to see you in person, Thiele.
3: Yes, it is great to be able to catch up with you, and especially in my new role, to just really hear from you some of your thoughts around um, diversity, equity, and inclusion, uh, Black History Month and Black History All Year, and just to hear uh, some of your thoughts as a leader within the organization at Paychex. So I'm just going to get right to it, and um, I wanted to hear, like, how, how are you feeling and what are your thoughts about the events of the past year, and how has it changed you, your approach to work?
2: Yeah, it's, um, you know it kind of feels like the events haven't ended yet, right? When you think about everything that I think we as a as a society have been through uh, during this past year, I mean, every part of our lives and one with the other, right, has been touched or impacted or in some cases even uh, disrupted. So when you think about you know the overall situation uh, with the pandemic, uh, when you think about a lot of the social and equality issues that our country and the world for that matter continues to to wrestle with uh, when you think about you know a lot of the you know situations on the political stage kind of unfolding um I think you know a lot of our beliefs a lot of our principles um you know i think have, have definitely been um tested and i think has given us hopefully some different perspective on what we can be doing differently as individuals and communities and I think you know obviously what we um you know, want to see, you know, the future look like for, you know, the generations that come after us. I think for me, you know, one of the things that, you know, I think back on this past year, um, when you think about a lot of the social uh, unrest issues that have occurred, you know, in our country, you know, one of the things of the pandemic that has impacted us is that we all have been home a lot more. And if, you th- if I think about my life pre-pandemic, you know, I had a lot of travel uh, that would take place and a lot of you know, parenting that was done remotely or done virtually. And being home, right, over the last 12 months has given me the opportunity, I hope, in a positive way, is be more connected to my family and be more connected to those situations that require, you know, uh, someone to listen or so, someone to, you know, coach, right, and and observe kind of exactly how, you know, my family, specifically my kids are responding to these kind of situations that have occurred. And I think being here, being present um learning myself you know in in terms of you know my beliefs and and principles and how they've evolved you know since i was their age but really just being part of their support network to kind of coach them and guide them and mentor them and and really ask questions and listen to, to what they're thinking and feeling has helped me really learn i think cope with a lot of these things a lot differently than i would have if we were in normal circumstances
3: wow yeah i feel the same way especially in terms of my family i was thinking this morning i'm like I must have picked a good partner because we've been in this house for about eight months and we haven't killed each other. So we're doing pretty, <laughs> we're doing pretty well.
2: I, I think I wrote the same thing on my Valentine's Day card. If we can survive a pandemic, then then we're we're, we're built to last. So <laughs> that's awesome.
3: Well, I can't help but not to think about that in terms of our work life. Have you seen any changes? Because of our current situation uh and your work relationships and how you do work
2: yeah absolutely i I think from a work standpoint, you know you know one of the things I think I've always tried to be as a leader um is somebody who can you know connect uh with people across the organization and have that that approachability and be sensitive to you know situations that people are are being are faced with right both inside the the workplace and and also outside the workplace i think through COVID, I mean that ability um, and that muscle, um, I think, has been tested more than ever. Um, in that, you know, you have to make sure you kind of understand the full person, right? That you're that you're interacting with, or the, the the full person that that you're, you know, communicating with. You know, you're not sure what somebody has going on, you know, as it relates to everything that we just talked about, right? You know, are, is their family healthy? Are they healthy? Um, are there financial situations that are um, that are causing problems? Are people scared because of everything that they're seeing kind of going on you're right within our society, you know, based on is the level of emotion being a lot higher? So I think just the ability to maybe not only talk to people about business and, and talk a little bit about, you know, what's happening from a business standpoint, but taking time to connect with people on an individual basis, um, even expressing how you're feeling and questions that you might be asking um, and how you're being impacted by what's going on. Sharing your story and your perspective, I think has been something that's been so much more important and impactful, um, you know, over the last year. So I think as a, as a leader, um, and I think about our people, you know, within our organization is just making sure you have that lens and you have that willingness to listen and and learn about what's impacting them so you can understand obviously what's important to them and how you can best support them. I think from a business standpoint, you know, when you look at what we do, um uh, from a paycheck standpoint and the value that we can create you know for our clients in terms of how we're able to bring thought leadership how we're able to bring resources uh how we're able to bring you know support for businesses as they go through these unique situations and challenges you know I think we've shown our true um our true colors and our true value in being able to add a different level of support to our clients and helping them navigate Right through some pretty difficult situations, and I think it's something that we all have learned from that. Hey, we're more than we're more than just a business, right? Um, and I think our impact, you know, to our communities and to the to our clients, you know, has definitely been been seen right during these last several months.
3: Yes, great point. So you mentioned about sharing your story and sharing your lens. So I have a question around your experience as a black. Person in America. So, what has been your experience being Black in America, and how has it shaped you to who you are today?
2: You know, it, it continues to shape me. I, I Right, I don't think we're all, or any of us, are finished um, finished products as it relates to you know what our experiences lend. But I think for me, you know, my story, you know, I've always been um, very aware of my uh, ethnicity, and and I'll, and I'll I'll make a little bit of a, a light of the situation. But you know, I grew up in a predominantly you know, black neighborhood. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a fair skinned black American. And so uh, my parents actually sent me to a school that was predominantly white. So I was always in a situation where I never quite fit in, and <laughs> it was always be it was always pointed out that I, I looked different. If I was at school, you know, I was a little bit darker than everybody else. My hair was a little bit different. If I'm home playing with my friends, I'm a little bit lighter than everybody else. I look a little bit different. So you know, it, it, identity, right? And and I think um, ethnicity has always been something that's been probably you know forced upon me, right, at an early ages. Kind of what you learn from that is, you know, it, just be a good person, right? Have the right values, and I think. You know, don't try to be something that you're not or try to please other people, but just have pride in yourself um, and understand, you know, what you can bring to the table and just rely on that in your interactions and treat people, you know, in the right way. And so for me, at least, you know, my experience growing up, you know, has always been a little bit, you know, very consistent probably with a lot of people, right? You get an opportunity to um, learn a little bit more about who you are. I was very fortunate, you know, from a family situation that, I had a dad uh, even though my parents were divorced my father was always very close uh to me and my sister you know growing up you know i remember going to the library and you know i had a chance to pick a book out and he always picked a book out and the book he always picked out always had um, an educational right um, angle to it he always wanted me to learn a little bit more about you know martin luther king jr or malcolm x or Thurgood Marshall, right? Or Adam Clayton Powell um, or Mahalia Jackson, right? He just always was somebody who was trying to expose me to things that I probably wouldn't get right through my normal, you know, academic curriculum at my, at my school that I went to. Um, so I was always, you know, from an early age, had, you know, my father and I had grandparents that always reinforced that is, is know your history, know who you are, um, know where you come from. You know, I have family that comes you know, a lot through the Caribbean. Uh, through Barbados, through Cuba, um, as well as, you know, the southern part of of the country. And so as we migrated, there's a a lot of cultural mix in there, but I was always raised to be very proud and aware of my uh, my ethnicity and my background um, and and be able to, you know, always be willing to learn about that and share those learnings with other people. You know, obviously, you know, through through the years, you learn that, you know, people are going to treat you different in some cases. they They may have been raised with different values based on how you look. You know going back to some of the points I had mentioned earlier, you just kind of learn how to you know be able to have that self confidence to be able to deal with that have that resiliency you know to be able to deal with that and overcome that um and then make sure that you know when you're in a situation where you can help others and you can maybe show a different way you know you do that um but but my experience you know across you know my 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 upbringing you know definitely always kind of reinforce having pride and And who I am and having pride in the accomplishments of the people who came before me and, and definitely try to add to that right through my life and and my contributions.
3: Wow. That was, that was great that you shared that. And I know that I can definitely relate. It was only the past 10 years that I learned that um, I did one of the DNA tests and I learned that I'm 74% Senegalese and it just gave me so much pride to know that my story started hundreds, thousands of years before coming to America. Uh, prior to that, I just thought my family was from New Jersey. <laughs> so, you know, it just, it just gave me a lot of insight into who we are and who I was as a person. So thank you so much for sharing that. And it also made me wonder, who do you look for for aspiration. So is there a certain role model or as you were growing up or even now that you look to for aspiration?
2: You know what? It's funny. Um, We will have to share DNA stories uh, later because I kind of went through a similar experience. And it is amazing when you see that, that footprint, (laughs) right? Uh, That, that really um, of your background and how you're made up. So, so from a role model standpoint, right. And an inspiration, you know, a a lot of times when you think a little bit about when I was younger, obviously, those that were celebrities, right. Or, you know, maybe those that were involved in athletics, there were definitely heroes that you developed. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about, I was very fortunate that I had very strong role models. So I think about my father, I think about my mother, I think about my grandmother specifically and people who really, you know, helped instill my values into me. Um, you know, I think, you know, that's, that's, I, I can never put a measurement right on the value that that was created, at least in in, in my world and in, in the role that that played in my upbringing. But from a celebrity standpoint, you know, I I think you know you look at those people that fought against the odds, or maybe those that were first. You know, if you think about athletics, authorage always comes to mind. You know, somebody who you know was a trailblazer, right, in a sport that um, didn't see a lot of people that looked like us, right, be successful. Um, you could look at you know Muhammad Ali and and everything that Muhammad Ali did in terms of pride um and and confidence and and the way he carried himself and used his platform right to impact social change that was very you know inspirational to me when you look in politics and you saw people like Barbara Jordan or you see people you know like Barack Obama be trailblazers do things that were never done before in advance um you know I think the um, the accomplishments, right, of, of Black Americans in this country. I always found those stories to be very inspiring. I also found myself also influenced by people who were who were writers. Um, I love reading. And, you know, when I read, you know, um, Richard Wright uh, or Zora Neale Hurston or Alex Haley and Roots, and you think about Ralph Ellison, Invisible Man, one of my favorite books, I was always very inspired by their stories. And and the uh, the their reflections they had on their experience, how they brought that to life, and how they you know moved me to think differently and do some things differently, and inspire me to do things differently, right in my life. I've always you know found a lot of value in that. In in today's world, you know I see a lot of you know individuals that again across the political spectrum. Um, you know I, I know per- people who I know personally uh, that do inspire me. I think people who um, are leaders within our communities uh, who work very closely with some nonprofit organizations. Um, who who every day have a commitment and a passion uh to make things better for people um who don't have the same you know level of access or, or opportunity. I find inspiration in those stories um and in what people are doing, you know, with their time and with their talents uh to make the world better and to give people right equal access and equity. Um I find to be very inspiring.
3: That's that's great. So I'm thinking about your answer around using our platform to impact social change. And I'm thinking about just helping me as, you know, the new DEI manager leading diversity. I get a lot of employees who want to be the change they want, they want to see and be the change at Paychex. So considering we're a corporate organization and we have certain responsibilities, what would change or change agent look like at Paychex for someone who's looking to make change?
2: So I mean I think the there's probably a couple of ways that to think about that. That's a, that's a really very g- good question, Thiele. So but I think the first part I'll start with on that is that when you think about the company mission, right? And and I'll, I'll put it in my own words. And I'd mentioned this a little bit earlier about you know one of the things I think that we found out to be um, part of our value proposition. You know when the pandemic first kind of came on, uh, came on board. You know back in you know February, March, and April of last year, is that You know, we have an opportunity to demonstrate our value by being a thought leader right within the HR um, industry. Uh, People were looking for us for our expertise on how to navigate um, the regulations that were out there to get support for your business. Um, And when you think about a lot of things that we're doing from an HR services standpoint, people were looking at us for support on how to handle situations, what people practices, you know, what policies, um, you know, what kind of things do we need to be doing to better you know, ensure that our clients were, you know, doing the right things for their employees, right, as they look for us for insight. Our opportunity, I think, when you think about our mission, right, is not only to be a thought leader, but I think it's also to be a practice leader, right? So a lot of times, you know, we can get our thought leadership expertise by things that we do internally. And I think for me, that's that's our true vision, right? And that's our true North star you know, for this organization. So how we go about doing that, um, you know, within our culture, I think that's the the real thing I think we're very fortunate to have is that we do have a strong culture and we do have values that are built on, you know, having interaction and listening to people um, and and creating, you know, an organization that I think we all uh, want everyone to feel a part of, you know, and have that level of inclusion. As we try to go down this path and and build this uh, initiative right across the organization of diversity and equity and inclusion, you know, I think making sure that, you know, obviously, you know, understanding that you have a lot of different, you know, I'll say um, cultures, right in the organization. Overall, we have a strong paychecks culture, but the culture you have in Rochester is going to be different than the culture you might see out in Phoenix, or so the culture you might see, you know, down in, in in Baton Rouge, right, or or what it looks like in Florida. So I think first and foremost is bringing you know different people from across the organization, from a geography standpoint, from an organization standpoint, from a role standpoint, together, um, and let's just kind of understand where the commonality exists. Right between you know the, our different parts of the organization, and let's build on that commonality as we create this platform uh, for diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion. I, I think that's you know definitely the first place where to start. I think as you, you know are kind of going forward and understanding, you know from a leadership standpoint, you know what the leadership mentality is uh, around this, and making sure you're garnering and holding us accountable to ensure that we're giving you the right level of support right, the right level of advocacy, giving us opportunities to learn, right, about our biases um, and understand kind of where we need to lean more uh, into and in areas that are going well, I think is going to be a great place for you to start. And then I think matching, you know, right, that leadership view and that leadership vision and and then to what the employees are looking for and what our employees need and bringing those two things together is, is really the kind of the, the classic approach I would probably take, you know, with this particular uh, initiative. I mean, I think, you know, when you look back on, again, the events of the past year, and you look at some of the conversations that, you know, we've had to have internally with our organization, um, I think our culture has really shown very strongly through that, and that people have been willing to kind of step up and ask those questions or communicate, you know, what they need. And I think we've seen our organization be responsive, you know, to those um, those situations. So, you know, we're, we're coming from a position of strength here, of something we can leverage, I feel um to make sure that we're taking kind of again that leading position as it relates to diversity equity inclusion right as we go forward here at paychecks but if, if you ask me that's the approach i would take get the leadership engagement you know, be that mirror for us to let us know what we're doing well versus where those opportunities are, you know, force us to lean into those situations and learn and then work very hard in getting that insight from across the, the the diverse, you know, span of our organization, getting that that collective insight and coming at and bringing that together so that we can, you know, understand kind of what's important, what the pillars need to be, and then obviously what we want to do uh, as we go forward.
3: So, Ted, you we both know that representation matters. I often get pushback that there is too much focus on specific identities such as race and gender. How would you respond if someone asked you, why does representation matter?
2: And you're you you're asking the tough, you said the tough questions for last, it looks like, right? <laughs> so, so I think, um, for me, at least, when I think about representation, you know, I, I, there's a lot of there's been a lot of times in my career and there still are um, situations where I find myself to be one of only something right in the room. And and I know what that feels like. And I know, you know, how in some cases, um, you know, as I kind of grown up in my career at, at places other than paychecks and like I said, sometimes, you know, still at paychecks you know it can be a very lonely situation when 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 you feel like you're you're the only one of something right and when you try to find people who you can rely on or you know you can seek some counsel on that have an understanding of your particular you know um situation it they can be difficult and you find yourself sometimes maybe spending too much time by yourself you know when you're in those types of situations so when i think about representation i think you know personally that that's one thing i think about is like listen i think for people to feel very supported um you know in their careers you know seeing people that they can relate to and seeing people who who probably have a different level of sensitivity to challenges or circumstances that they're being faced with i think is important and and i think when you look at you know whether you're talking about work teams whether you talk about leadership teams right whether you talk about you know um how we show up you know publicly right to the marketplace You know, I think people, you know, do value when they see that level of diversity, you know, whether it's gender diversity or racial diversity, and there's other levels of diversity, right, we can talk about, you know, I think it's always, um, you know, important that you look like the group that you're representing, right, as a leadership standpoint. Um, It makes you more relatable, um, I feel. I think it makes you more approachable. Uh, It makes you, in a lot of cases, also, um, you know, more authentic right, as a leadership team, when you can, you know, look like the group that you're leading or the group that you're you're representing. So um, very important. It, it, and if you think about externally to paychecks, right, as we talk about, you know, some of our multicultural initiatives and making sure that we have people that you know, are multicultural leading and being involved in some of those things that shows up as authentic, you know, right to the marketplace. Very similar to, you know, as we look at our internal organization and how we put leadership teams in place that, you know, look like our employee populations look like. Um, so I think representation is, is important for those two reasons. Number, you know, the first thing is that, you know, there's a there's a sense of, of, of comfort um, when you see people that that look like you and have similar experiences to you. Um, that might allow you to get support, right? Counsel, guidance, coaching, whatever, when you need it. And I think secondly, you know, when you think about um, authenticity and approachability, um, I think there's a lot of value in having, you know, good representation and diverse representation, right? In those, in those teams that you're putting together.
3: You know, Ted, growing up uh, Black History Month and the focus on Black History was one of the few times when I was growing up in the inner city where I would get to see representation of people I wanted to imitate. So thank you so much for that answer and um, definitely agree with you. And so in terms of thinking about little Thile sometimes, I'm gonna bring it back to younger Ted, what would would be the one thing you would tell younger Ted, 18 year old Ted, uh, what would you want to tell Ted if you had the opportunity?
2: Gosh, there's a lot of things I would probably tell, tell young Ted <laughs> if I had uh, the opportunity to go back and do that. I think as as it relates to the the topics that we're discussing today, you know, one of the things that I remember, you know, and I probably was about 18, 19 year old, you know, when it, when it occurred. Um, you know, I remember there was a there was another you know, a director at the company I work with, you know, I said, I saw him, he said, Hey, you know, he's another African-American uh, male. And he said, Hey, listen, Ted, you ever want to, you know, stop by and, and we'll, we'll connect and, and, uh, you know, maybe we'll get together and have lunch. And I remember taking him up on that offer. And I remember, you know, stopping by his office, you know, he was there, knocked on the door and said, Hey, just want to, you know, this is before everything was set up door through email. This is when you had to actually talk to people in person to set right. up appointments. <laughs> I said, Hey, I want to see if you want to maybe be able to grab a cup of coffee. And I just remember the reaction he gave me was very... Very cool. Very like you know. Uh, I'm, I just said that I didn't really mean it. Um, and and what are you doing here, right? So, you know, one of the things I always kind of promised myself is that I I would not, you know, be that person if I ever you know had the the opportunity or was fortunate enough to get to, you know, a leadership position, and that I always would make time for people, um, you know, you know, for those conversations, and, and always be be willing to be that uh, that mentor, um, not only to learn from that individual but also kind of to impart. You know what I've learned through the years. You know onto them as well. So what I would what I would tell myself back if I had to go back to, you know, when I was 18 is is you know making sure that you know I'm I'm doing that every day. Like am I am I really pushing myself and challenging myself um, to to do as much as I can for others who are coming up in the organization or in the community or you know outside and 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 and, you know across the industry and is making myself available to you know, um, help support, um, help ensure that they're, you know, learning through experience and just making sure that, you know, making, making myself available to be an ear, right. Or, or to be a shoulder to lean on when somebody needed that level of support and guidance. Um, if, if I gave myself an assessment on that, I think there's times that I've been pretty good at that. And there's times when that hasn't been my priority. And I would go back to my 18 year old self and say, Hey, make sure that's your priority. Make sure that's you know, a legacy you try to leave, regardless of where you are or where you go, make sure that one of the legacies that you leave is that you're able to, you know, ensure that you made yourself available to others who needed you. Um, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. Uh, I, I definitely know that if I didn't have people at some, certain points in my life that took time to give me that mentorship, give me that support, give me that feedback. And so making sure that I'm equally as committed to doing that for other people.
3: Wow. Well, Ted, I need you as a diversity, equity, and inclusion leader. We need you at Paychecks. and we are so grateful that you have made the time for us today and that you are in this role to continue to lead us on next steps. And thank you so much for your time. You're definitely paying it forward, and we're looking forward to imitating the things you're doing and just joining you in your work. So thank you for the time, Ted. It was nice talking to you. I look forward to talking to you again really soon.
2: Yeah, it was a great, great opportunity to connect with you. I guess this is in person now. So, um, listen, I'm very, very, uh, supportive of obviously, you know, what you're, you're doing in your role. And, and obviously as we go forward, you know, continue to let me know what I can be doing to better support you and support the organization. But thank you very much for the opportunity to talk today. I appreciate it.
0: Wow. What uh, what a great conversation that was. So
1: good. I mean, talk about two superstars. And I think we both knew when, when we were talking about putting this conversation together that um that both Thiele and Ted would just really be able to touch on all of the the components of of why this month's celebration is so important and and not just in February, but all year round, why it's important for us to stay focused on that as an organization and as individuals in our communities as well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I think we're just so we're so lucky, honestly, to have someone like Ted, you know, mm-hmm. as part of our executive team, and just one of the most articulate and such a great storyteller, and made such good connections between some of these topics. Um, so we're just I think we're really fortunate.
1: Yeah, anytime we have a chance to hear from Ted is 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 good, as far as I'm concerned. So yep, agree. Well, thank you all for listening to this very special episode of What's Your Story, where we take an in-depth look into the people that make us paychecks proud, and we hope you'll join us next month. This podcast is Property of Paychecks, Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.